Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Moms, we don't do a great job taking care of ourselves. We're always bending over, looking down, carrying kids and bags, and all of those things can do a number on our bodies. T3 Chiropractic wants to help. If you're feeling worn down or having pain, go see them. You can get adjusted and get back on the right track so your body feels good as you care for your babies. T3 is offering our moms a discounted offer for their first session. Call 972-895-4655 to book your appointment or go to t3chiropractic.com. Mention that you heard about them on the Gather Moms podcast and your first appointment is only $65 instead of the regular $200 fee. Now, back to the show. Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Gather Moms podcast. We are in February. Let's listen, go. Listen, January was forever. January was a long one. I guess I've never understood that January really is long till this year, and I saw all these memes like, we're still in January. January's not over. Was Because I feel like this is the first time I've seen all the memes, too, and it kind of made me go, wait, January was very long. How do we not know that at other times in our life? Why is it just now hitting us? Is January longer, or does it just every year feel like a long month? 30 days has September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31 except for February. Okay, but it's a one-day difference. I mean, but it just feels long. Maybe it's because it's dark. Maybe it's because it's after Christmas. Maybe because we're trying to get back into the swing of school and stuff. Maybe. I don't know. It felt terrible. Yeah, it was a long month. I'm glad to be in February. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I Valentine's is one of my favorite. It might be my favorite holiday. Let's remind our viewers what your children get at Valentine's. Well, underwear? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You give them underwear on Valentine's. You know, my mom always gave us underwear. And there was a phase, I don't know if you remember this, but like when I was in high school, girls would sleep in like boxers. Like we would wear like boxer. No, No, ma'am. Yes. No, ma'am. Girls wear boxer shorts and t-shirts. Like boys boxer shorts? That's even weirder. Yes, but sometimes like the Gap sold like girl boxer shorts. Anyway, I remember one year it was so cute. We all had these heart like boxer shorts. They were kind of like pajamas. Somebody out there is listening and they're like, hey, we did this. I remember it. No, I never slept in boxers. I think they're weird. I think you've never worn your husband's boxer shorts. (gasps) No, really? That's his underwear. (laughs) That is weird. (laughs) No, ma'am. I don't even wear his shirts or his sweatshirts. I don't wear anything of his. What? Yeah, I don't. What if when you want just like a big cozy sweatshirt? I have my own big cozy sweatshirt. Oh my god! In fact, I have a Gather Mom sweatshirt that's on sale right now. It's only twenty dollars. Hey man, <laughs> thank you for putting that out there. We are doing this at big sale, big sale, um, and it won't last forever. That's right. So but you too could have your own big cozy sweatshirt. Yes, we'll put it in the link. It's the mine and your motherhood sweatshirts, and they're fifty percent right. off. Awesome. Yeah, yes. they're great. I've worn that thing all through the winter. Me too. And I have enough of them. I don't need his sweatshirt. I have my own. Okay, ma'am. So 
Well, I have not bought my children underwear for their Valentine gift yet, but I'll are you going to? It. What would they do? Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine what they would do. I mean, I don't think they would think it was weird because they would think, oh, mom just thought I needed them. I don't think they would think it was weird. Okay. Yeah, but still. It would be if you got them like heart briefs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if somebody knows where to find those, send me the link. Oh, that... maybe. I think I've seen them. Are you serious? Yes. Okay, I might do that this year. That's kind of funny. It'd be funny. It'd it be would cute. be funny. So we're in February. We're so excited. But listen, I have heard this from more than one mom, from teachers, from school staff. Apparently, everybody is sick right now. Okay, everybody is sick. And it's like the flu, COVID, strep. Like, they're all balled up into one. Yep. Everybody's triggered on everything. Lydia's poor basketball team. Like, we cannot get a team together. Right? You don't have enough players. Yes. Yes. It is just struggle bus. So, it worked out well for us like three weeks ago. The bench on the other team, like they had eight girls. Let's talk about that. Why does one team have so many and another team not? No, this they were all out sick. The flu had gotten their team. Oh, because our team doesn't have enough to start with, so no, we're this is down. But this is like the school public school sports. Okay, yes. It's not like the like you know Their YMCA. Yes, yeah. So you know normally the teams like have a lot of girls, so they have like this the second string or whatever that they sub in with. So anyway, this poor team only had eight girls and it was kind of close and stuff. And so then by like the third quarter, coach did full court press to just like wear them out because we were already. And so then we just trounced them. Oh, I feel kind of bad. No, I know. But then it swung back on us because then the last two games, like we've been missing, you know, vital players because they're out with the flu. Yes. Uh, Abby, last week in school, one of her teachers was out, and they didn't have a sub to cover the class. So they just because to, there's too many. They just had to split the kids up into other classes. Wow. I mean, they're just, everybody's hurting. No, it's everywhere. Moms everywhere are under it with the sickness. Like, it has been, I think that's, and maybe that's what part of what makes January so long. Maybe it is, yeah. Is all the sickness. All the sickness, yes. Well, and if you're not sick, it's like you're living in fear because you know it's coming for you. Yes, yeah, yeah, we've all had something or other, um, so yeah. So one of the things we thought is that it does not matter what season of motherhood you're in, you're going to get interrupted by something. Yes. It almost feels like as soon as you get things rolling and you're like, all right, here we go, we're doing great. Because that's what you think about January is like, yes. okay, we're back in it, Yeah, let's go. We, we're fresh, we got new <laughs> goals, we're going to the gym. <laughs> And then, it, you know, it's just out of nowhere, just like, bam, no, you're not going to the gym. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> and then it throws you so off. You're like, forget it. I'm out. I'm it, not doing it anymore. It does. It feels crippling. You're like, dang, I was just feeling like I was about to get some momentum. And here we yes. are. Yes. It's interruptions. It's, I mean, that's really part of what life is. Motherhood is just a series of interruptions. Yeah. Um, last week. Abby interrupted me in the middle of the night. You know, she's standing next to the bed. And of course it's like, mom, I don't feel good. I'm like, no, I don't Mm -hmm. want to. Don't Mm -hmm. make me. And I remember I went in her bedroom to lay down on the floor with her while she tried to go back to sleep. And you're, as a mom, your mind immediately starts running. Uh, Okay. Yeah. If she's sick tomorrow, what am I going to do? How am I going to move this meeting? Who's going to take so-and-so? I don't have chicken soup in the house. Like you just, I don't even know why we try to go back to sleep. We can't. No. And then the the next shoe to fall is like, okay, but then what if I get sick? If I get it, you know. What's going to, and then it's like psychosomatic. Cause like they'll start coughing and I'm like, uh Oh, 
Yes. Is my throat tickling? Yes. Like every time I take their temperature, I'm taking mine just to like be like monitoring it. You are so it. Greg. That's what Greg does because Greg will take his first to make sure the thermometer works yeah. and then he'll use it on them. Same. I don't ever do that. No, I feel like I feel I'm fine. calibrating it, like making sure that it's like reading oh, accurately before oh. I stick it on their forehead. I vividly remember last week laying on her floor, praying over my own body, going, please, mm-hmm. Lord, please. I don't want to be sick. Don't let me be sick. Ma'am, I know. Put the bubble wrap around me. Yeah. Everybody else in the house can go down, but not me. No, no, because it's a pain and it, it is an interruption. It is. It's an interruption. Um, also, a couple weeks ago, I remember getting in my car to go to work and it was the, when it had been really cold outside uh-huh. and my car was in the garage. And as soon as I took my car out of the garage, all those little tire sensors went yes. off. Yes. Uh-huh. Because my tires were all low. Yeah. And I remember driving one of the kids to school going, is it going to like blow out on the highway? Yeah. So immediately you have to go get your tires checked. And that's not on the schedule. That wasn't part of my day. Well, listen, I feel like we could have a whole nother lesson on, because uh, I really have had like a sermon rolling around in my brain about when you don't pay attention to the warning lights. On your car? Yeah, because <laughs> ma'am, I had that go off in my car when it first got cold And that's what I thought it was, that it was cold outside, so I didn't worry about it. And then I I had to drive three hours out of town, and I'm on the road, and somebody, I'm on the interstate, and a man pulls up next to me in a truck, and he tells me to roll my window down, and he's pointing to my back tire, and he's saying, (gasps) your tire is low. It really was low? Yes. Oh, my gosh. And it was bad, and I had to limp my way along from gas station to gas station to fill up air. Because I didn't pay attention to the morning. Yes, but, yes. But it's an interruption. So I don't know cars, that I would have left town with my little tire sensor light I honestly, on. Then I forgot. I just <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to the fact that it was not even on anymore. Well, the day that I went to Discount Tire, all of our city went to Discount Tire, and the line was very long. Of course they did. Tires yeah. Checked. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. When you do feel like you're being responsible and taking care of things, there's always a line. For sure, dude. It's never fast. Well, hey, now I have a tire pressure gauge. I didn't have one of those before. Is that that little stick? Yeah. The old school the old metal. School. You put it on the thing, it sh- pops out. But then you have to know what number it's supposed to be at. I don't okay. know that number. Do you want to know how to know oh, the number? Oh, teach us. Okay. Teach us. You, uh, on your driver's side door, um... In the little inner panel, there's some stickers right there, uh-huh. and it tells you how many PSI is supposed to be in your tire, and well, that's how you know. Look at you. You said new driver in the house, and we're all learning. We are all learning. and tricks. Yes. Did you buy Caleb one for his car? Uh, no. I should get him one. You should. Oh, yeah. Valentine's. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm getting heart underwear, and you're getting tire gauges. Great. This is amazing. So the thing is, we all get interrupted. And I think our immediate reaction to interruptions is negative. Mm -hmm. Like, it's always a negative. It's always something that's going to interfere with our plans. It's going to frustrate us. But I wonder if we changed our perspective and instead we saw them as an opportunity Mm. for something different. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes as moms, you know, we try so hard to be productive and to be organized that we don't take into account that we're living with children Mm -hmm. and children are never that, like, you can't expect things with them. They're not Some, robots. No, there something's going to go wrong. Yeah. A school assignment that you forgot to do or a fever during the day or an after-school activity that you forgot. Like part of being a mom is really kind of rolling with the punches. Yeah. Because that's just part of it. And I do think that when we choose to have a different perspective on those punches, like maybe, okay, how can I see the good in this? What opportunities God have for me in this? That it really can help us, I think, be more joyful, you know, like enjoy our life more. So Jesus was the master of holy interruptions. When you look at scripture throughout the Bible, we see 
Jesus on his way somewhere, you know, I think with intentions to go do something, and then he gets interrupted by someone. Yeah. And as I was reading this story the other day, it really struck me that this this story of an interruption could reframe how we look at things. So in the book of Luke, Luke, we see that Jesus is approached by a man named Jairus. Do you say Jairus or Jairus? So I've always said Jairus, but I've heard people say it that other way. Yeah. But let's just say Jairus, friend. That other thing is too complicated. (laughs) So he's approached by this man named Jairus whose daughter is sick, and he's asking Jesus to come to his house and heal her. And on the way there, Jesus, of course, says he'll go. On the way there, there's such a crowd around him that they're all pressing in around him. And while they're walking, Jesus feels power go out of his body. And so he stops in the middle of this crowd and turns around and says, who touched me? And of course, his disciples are like, everybody touched you. Like, we're all so close right here. And Jesus says, Jesus says, no, somebody touched me. I felt power go out. And so this precious woman, you know, works up the courage to come before Jesus and say it was me. And this is the story of the woman that's been bleeding for 12 years. Right. She spent all her money on doctors and nobody's been able to heal her. And so she finally just decides if I could just touch Jesus, then he could heal me. And of course, our focus switches to this precious woman that's been healed by Jesus. But in my mind, I'm still considering Jairus. Like he is on the way to his house with Jesus because his daughter is so sick. Can you imagine how he feels about this interruption? Yeah. Like the man who's supposed to heal his daughter has now taken his eyes off of him and put them on someone else for healing. And I can only imagine what's racing through his mind at this point. Like, hurry up. We've got to go. This is taking too much time. And how many times are we like that in our own life? Yeah. Um, we are so ingrained in our incident or our interruption that we don't consider anything else around us. It's just like, fix this, fix me, fix this. And Jesus, of course, because he's Jesus, knows that he can do both. Mm. And, and we forget sometimes that Jesus is not short on miracles. Yeah. It's not like he has an allotted number for the day. Yeah. Once he uses them all up, they're out. Jesus has more than enough power and more than enough miracles for all of us. Mm. And so Jesus knows that once he gets to heal this woman, he's going to head on out to Jairus's house and heal his daughter. But while this whole thing is happening, a servant from Jairus's house comes and says, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. Yeah. Again, can you imagine what's going through Jairus's mind in this moment? Yes. If, if only that woman wouldn't have interrupted, we would have made it in time. Yeah, for sure. We are always so quick to send out judgment around us. Like, Uh whose fault is it? Uh Who did this? How is this going to impact my life? Because I'm not getting my way. And I love what Jesus says to him. Jesus turns to Jairus and he says this. He says, do not fear, only believe. Mm. And of course, Jesus knows this because he knows what he's about to do for this family. But Jairus doesn't actually know what's going to happen. He only says, do not fear. One other translation that I read said it this way. It said, don't be scared, just trust. Mm. And I think sometimes when we get interruptions in our life, that may be the mantra that we need to be saying to ourselves: mm-hmm. Don't be scared, just trust. Yeah. Because I did that night on the floor in Abby's room. I just started thinking about all the negative things, yeah. how it was going to impact my day and my life and my priorities. And it always seems to happen at a day when you have like a ton of things to do. Yeah. And maybe interruptions happen on days when we have a ton of margin, but we don't even recognize them because we have so much margin. But on the days when you feel like it's already stacked and something happens that's not part of the plan, you immediately jump to the negative. Sure. 
And, and we forget that God already knew. He already knew your day was stacked, and he already knew about the interruption, and he knows how to get everything done that's supposed to be done. Yeah. But I wonder if we could consider for a moment that maybe interruptions are an opportunity where God's inviting us to stop and reprioritize. Yeah, I think that's so good. So even thinking back to like my low tire incident where I had to pull over the side of the road. Um, so then I ended up, you know, like making my way from one gas station to the next, just trying to see if I could get, you know, if my tire would hold enough air. I finally got to, we, you know, we get our tires at Costco. So I got to my destination. I made it to the Costco where I was going to go. Um, I somehow locked my keys in my car, which I didn't even know was possible. But my mom was with me. She had met up with me at the Costco. And she, when she went to close the passenger door, she didn't close it all the way. So, and I didn't realize it wasn't, but that there was like a safety feature where I couldn't open. Because, you know, normally if the keys are in the car, like in modern it cars. It will lock. Exactly. So I was like, what is going on? So I called AAA. And mom's like, Kate, you know, I'm so sorry. You've had such a day. And I just stood there in the sunshine and I literally opened my hands up to God and just said, what are you trying to show me? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm slowing down. I'm not going to do anything else until you tell me. Go to the right, go to the left, stop, turn around. Like, I will not do anything unless you say otherwise. And I just stood there and I breathed and I stood there in the sunshine and I talked to the Lord and I really, like, I know this sounds a little crazy, but I, I I just heard him say, just go back to the car. And I walked back around, and I looked at my mom's side, and I realized it wasn't quite closed all the way. And I just hip-checked that door, and as soon as I did, it was able to open. And I called the AAA guy, and I was like, hey, I don't need you to come. I got in, you know. And But I just think those, when I get interrupted, there's often, there's often and, it, and if I'm feeling frustrated about it, it's because I have once again turned on my and looked at my own strength and I've been relying on myself and I need to do exactly what you're talking about where it's like, let that interruption pull my face back up to Jesus mm-hmm. because I am way too focused on ground level things and he is asking me to look into the spiritual and to walk in a spirit led way instead of just in this, what is Kate's on what is on Kate's to-do list? Well, and I think it seems hard sometimes as a mom. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, I already feel like my load is heavy. I mean, how much more can I actually take? So sometimes when I think about spiritual things like this, I get a little frustrated because I'm like, God, do you realize how much I have to get done today? Mm-hmm. Like people depend on me. Yeah. If I don't get up and make breakfast and help get people out the door and take, you know. And so I think sometimes mamas, it, it feels like, do I actually even have time? <laughs> to be spiritual today because I have too many things to do. And I just think about Jesus of all the people that had spiritual things and to-do lists. It was Jesus Mm -hmm. because everywhere he went, people wanted something from him and we're counting on him and we're counting on him. Jairus was counting on him. Yeah. But he always had time to stop Uh because he knew that there was plenty of time to take care of the things that were important. Yeah. And I think it's helpful for us as moms to remember there's plenty of time to take care of the things that are important. Yes, but that may mean that something else may need to drop. Like if if we have something that's important, you know, the scripture talks about making the best use of time. And so if we're in a situation where, you know, we do have sick kids, then that's probably not the time for us to be doing a five-alarm Pinterest birthday party, you know, with wrapped water bottles and custom monogrammed, party prizes. You know what I mean? Like if everybody in your house has been sick, 
you have to reprioritize to that. I think when we get really burned out and run down is when we keep trying to do all of these other things that are not as essential when God shows us, hey, this thing is actually really essential. When we tr- when we try and keep doing all these other things in the middle of something, an interruption that's come up, that's when we, I think we get really stressed and burned out and overwhelmed. Well, and another thing that I think sometimes happens, and we haven't really talked about this on the podcast, is that you start to feel that disconnect in your marriage. Yeah. Like you're both running so hard at your to-do list. And I know moms, sometimes when a kid does get sick, it feels like the burden falls on us. For sure. And you start to resent your partner and the things that they're not doing. But I think it's just part of life as a married couple. You just go through seasons where you're not connecting as much. Yeah. That's an interruption. Yeah. That could be an interruption from God Uh to say, hey, I need you to prioritize this over all those other things that you think are important. That's right. I need you to let something else fall off because this is important. You know, it's like when, when the kids are sick, it seems pretty obvious, but it was not always obvious to me when I had littles and they were sick. But when the kids are sick, the priority is rest, water, health, like that's the priority. The priority is not having the house perfect. It's not necessarily even cooking. It's not like all these other things that we want to be worried about. We just have to let all of that stuff kind of fall to the side and prioritize getting everyone well. Exactly. And I think it's okay for you to say, this is not going to get done today. Yeah. Friend, I can't go out to eat with you tonight. Right. Uh, meeting at work. Hey, I'm going to have to call an audible on this. I can't meet today. Yes. Like, it's okay for you to say to the people around you, this is more important today. Yes. And if you're, you know, if your marriage needs your attention, then, you know, bless you, mama. Like, I know, I want you to go have girls nights and stuff, but are, are we having date nights with our husband? Like, is that getting the time that it needs? Um, and so, yeah, just being able to look at when things get interrupted, instead of seeing it as an obstacle or an inconvenience, that we see it, like you said, as an opportunity to kind of shine a light on an area in our lives that maybe we have not given enough attention or that maybe need more of our attention right now and that we we just put our focus there for the time that's needed. So I have three things I just want to talk about that I think would help us in those moments of interruption, no matter what the interruption is, for us to to stop like Jesus is inviting us to, to stop and reprioritize or focus our minds back on God. The first one is that interruptions give us the opportunity to pull close to God. Mm-hmm. So that woman in that story that we talked about from Luke, she just needed to touch Jesus. She knew she had to get close to him. Yeah. There was a crowd around her. She had been shunned by her community. She was considered unclean, but she had the courage and bravery to just push ahead anyway because Uh she knew she needed to be close to Jesus. And I think sometimes we can either panic or pray. Okay. Yeah. We can get in that. You know, you're, you know your mind, mama. Your mind can go in circles real fast down that rabbit trail of yep. all the negative things that are about to happen because you've got a sick kid. Or you can just stop and pray. Uh-huh. And I'm not great at that, but I do remember that night on Abby's floor, like literally feeling the Lord say, just pray. Yeah. I've got this. Yeah. And I did. I prayed over my body. I asked the Lord just to keep me as healthy as I could be. And then I prayed over the next day because I really did have a lot to do. And I was like, just help me figure out what I can actually get done and what I can't. Yeah. And sure enough, he did. He met me in that moment. Philippians 4, 6 says that in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
Well, and I love the idea of present because I think I think in that moment when there is an interruption, we have a tendency where, where you said panic or pray. My instinct is to close my hands around it. Like whatever the thing is that has interrupted us or feels like, you know, okay, I, we've got a flat tire or I've got a sick kid or I don't know, something bad has feels like it's bad mm-hmm. has happened. Mm-hmm. My instinct is to close my hands around it and try and take control over it. And I tend to honestly make things worse. Yes. <laughs> because yes. I've got my hands closed around it. And I'm micromanaging the situation. Where I have found so much freedom and help and like an easier way through it is if I'll open up those hands and present mm-hmm. the interruption to God and say, hey, you knew this was going to happen. Yes. You have enough power for this. What do we do? Yes. Yes. And so it's, you know, in our panic or pray, it's that closed or open hands. Yes. And sometimes doing something physically helps you mentally. Yes. So if you, mama, need to just stop and literally open your hands like Kate did in the parking lot at Costco. Yep. Just to help trigger your body and your mind to like focus your attention back on God, do it. Yeah. Go outside in your backyard, open your hands, look up to the sky. Yes. Go in your bedroom, sit down on your bed, open your hands and just start praying. You can do these things that can actually help get your body in rhythm with where God's taking you. The second thing I think is that interruptions give us the opportunity to release our time and plans to God. Because so often we're working for our own kingdom. Mm -hmm. I have my week planned out. I have my meetings planned out. I have scheduled my appointments in such a way that I can run by Target and grab a coffee and go to the doctor (laughs) and all the things. Yep. And so many times my little kingdom gets interrupted Mm -hmm. by somebody else. And so it's really me, the opportunity to go back to God and say, okay, I really didn't ask you what your plans were for this week. Yeah. But what are your plans? Well, and that we're not promised the plan that we wrote on paper. You know, I had a, uh, there was a time where I had a house cleaner that she spoke Spanish. And so whenever she would leave, we would make plans for when she would come back. And, you know, we'd say, uh, I'd be like, okay, I'll see you next Tuesday at 9 a.m. And every time, Rebecca, she would say, si Dios quiere which means if God wills, every time we made an appointment, she would say, si Dios quiere. And it was this beautiful reminder to me of, that's right. It is, I will only see you if that is God's will. If it's not, ma'am, well. (laughs) Uh, I'm out of luck. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But having that mindset, even if we're, even if it's as we're writing out our plan for the week, that a big across the top, if we just write, if God wills, you know, or this is in your hands, God, or that there's just a reminder to us that this is not about our control. We want to walk in step with a, with the God of the universe who is guiding us and be led by his spirit. And how sweet is it to have an interruption where you get to take your your thoughts off yourself and put them on someone else. Let me tell you something. The interruptions in my life are the best parts of my story. Yes. Those interruptions, the things I didn't plan for, the obstacles, the hard things, are when I have found God to be so good and so kind, where I have grown the most, where my family has grown closest together. And so, you know, you don't wish for those things, but you start to learn that when they come, it's like, okay, I, I, I am more willing to receive this because exactly. I know you're going to work in this. Yes. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Yeah. So we really can try. And there's no reason you shouldn't try to plan sure. your week and think through things and get ahead. 
but to also be willing to embrace the interruptions that God brings along your way because they might be the sweetest parts of your day. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing, interruptions give us the opportunity to be present with whatever's right in front of us. Yes, that's good. To be present over being perfect. Yeah. And I know for my own self that I love a good day. Like I love to lay my head on the pillow at the end of a day and go, that was a good day. Yeah. I was productive. (laughs) I got a lot done. Uh I got my groceries put away. I got my meal plan done. And I think sometimes we think if we get to the end of a day without being productive, it's like a waste. Oh, for sure. That's a struggle of mine. Yeah. But what if during that day I colored with my kid or talked to the lady at the checkout line or bumped into a friend at the grocery store and didn't rush past her, but talked for a little bit. Or there's so many things that I think God looks at as productive that we don't see as productive. For sure. And if we can kind of reframe, I mean, I would probably say that like 98% of life is interruptions. Like I think the vast majority of life just does not go necessarily according to plan. You know, things are going to happen. And so if we can stop looking at life with this expectation that things are going to go a certain way and we can start living in a more open-handed way of, hey, okay, God, these are the plans, but whatever you will and kind of walk through life that way, gosh, there could be a lot less anxiety and friction um, in our lives if we could consider it that way instead of being surprised when we're interrupted because they're going to come. Yes. I read this article the other day, this mom, her kids are all grown and out of the house. And she said, when I look back at my time as being a a mom in the home with my kids, I miss the interruptions Mm. because now I don't have any, Yeah, you know, my kids are gone living their own lives. I miss having that little kid, you know, bother me while I was trying to get something done or want to help me cook when I knew it was just going to make it taste, take longer and be messier. Yeah. She said, I miss those interruptions. And so it just struck me. I was like, you know, maybe for the next, I, I always say I'm going to do this every day, but listen, (laughs) we, we got to set practical goals. Uh Maybe for the next week, I just say, okay, God, I'm going to welcome interruptions this week. Yeah. And when they come, I'm going to try and have that perspective that you had where whatever it is, it might be something important because you want me to participate in it or set my focus on it. And so moms, maybe make that your goal over the next couple of weeks. We're heading into Valentine's. I'm sure you've got some big plans for gifts and school Valentine's and parties and all the things, but maybe you just look at the next couple of weeks loosely Mm -hmm. and say, okay, God, whatever comes, I'm going to embrace it because I know that you already knew it was coming and you have a plan for it Yeah, and see what God does through it. I love it. And hey, moms that have sick littles, you know, or you're sick yourself, we just want to say, I mean, we see you. Like we we wanted to have this episode specifically with you in mind because it can be a hard season. Like it sometimes it feels like it just goes on for weeks because if you have multiple kids in your house, I mean, it just rotates through. So if you are feeling down and under it, man, we hope this was an encouragement to you. You won't always be sick. You will get through this. Eat some chicken soup. Get your groceries delivered. You know, God will provide what you need to get through this time. That's right. Okay, moms. Love you. See you next time. Bye-bye.